Hello and welcome to the Be Better podcast where we believe any and every area of your life has a little more potential that you can tap into to change the course and trajectory of your outcomes. My name is Clarissa Parody and I am your host and I have worked and trained in the worlds of business strategy, leadership, and performance. And I am the person who believes in and creates success where there appears to be ceilings. And if that sounds like something that's in your world, your reality, and something you want more of, welcome to the show. It is a great day to to change your life. Let's go. We're back. We're back. Right. We're still on track. This is so much fun. I get the pleasure, the honor, and the privilege of having Jesse Wheelamaker on the podcast today. And for all of you who are audiophiles or like accents, he's from New Zealand. So let your ears be blessed. Let your ears be blessed. I'm so grateful you joined me today. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So one of the reasons I had invited Jesse to be on the Be Better podcast is I've had the opportunity of knowing you for a little bit now, and I've seen the contribution and difference you've made, and I've also seen you grow. And I think one thing I love looking at in people is when they're willing to take life on and take on big challenges and still be a contribution. Knowing that there's going to be hiccups, there's going to be days that we're jerks or whatever, I it is what it is, and I've never seen Jesse show up that way and he still does such great things. So thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you. Those are some nice words. You are so welcome. Happy to cheer you on and champion you. Okay. So for the audience sake, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you do right now, and then we'll zoom way back and uh, tell us how you got here. All right. So currently I work for a company, I own a company called Troy West Builders. We're a home builder here in Edmonton. Uh, we've been building in Edmonton for about five years. Uh, and uh, I, I wear a few different hats in the company. I've got a great little team and uh, we love what we do. So There is something super special about building homes. I also play in the real estate space. And when I see people doing cool things, great work, it is crazy that just with a single company, with a single vision, you can literally create somewhere that people live, expand, grow, love, learn, make memories. And what a special field for you. So how on earth did you get here? What makes Jesse, Jesse? And let's hear a little bit about your story. All right. Well, I will back right up. Uh to probably when I was in middle school or even earlier than that, I've always been interested in putting things together, making things. I was the kid that built the treehouse and the skateboard ramps and was always making noises in the garage, uh, things like that. So I think building homes was, uh, was a, a construction in general is a natural fit. I didn't always uh, build houses. I was in commercial for a little while when I started my career. So I, I worked in, in uh, construction during the summers, uh, during high school. And I think mostly it was because I was always offered work and it paid the best. Uh, I can't say I particularly enjoyed the work at the time. It was a lot of labor. And uh, I didn't work with individuals who were particularly inspiring. And it warped my perspective of the industry, I think. It wasn't until later years that I met some people who really uh, showed me what it could be and helped me appreciate everything that this industry has. So uh, it went through middle school, high school. And then after high school, I decided 
adamantly that I was going to go into something other than construction. Uh, and so off I went and I tried a whole bunch of different things. I didn't like any of them. Uh, and I realized that I might as well go into construction and uh, I should just do an apprenticeship and then I'll come out the other side and I'll have some skills and, uh, and worst case, I've made some money and, uh, and then I've got four, four extra years to figure out what I want to do. So off I went, uh, I was probably 19 at the time, started my apprenticeship and, uh, and I met some pretty cool people right away. Uh, probably within the first year or two who have uh, really shifted my perspective, really poured into me and uh, took the time to teach me and show me and help me learn and grow uh, way beyond. At the time, I was an apprentice carpenter uh, and, and really helped me expand my skills beyond that particular role and that's all I had thought construction was at the time I thought you know I'm going to be a carpenter which is a great job uh and I thought you know that's in the cards for me I guess and I'll figure something else out later but obviously construction is a massive industry and uh and so off I went and uh these individuals I met along the way they showed me leadership skills and how to manage teams and how to run projects and things like that and I just I dove in and sunk my teeth into it and I bit off more than I could chew more times than I can count and uh and I guess throughout that I've met uh continued to meet people along the way and they've just created opportunities and as long as you're looking for them there's something that's going to come up so uh that's basically in a very high level how things evolved uh one of the individuals i met along the way is my business partner now and uh, i sat next to her on a flight home one time uh on a shift coming back from edmonton i lived in bc at the time and uh her and i hit it off we uh, i wouldn't say it first <laughs> uh but she was stuck next to me on that flight and uh and she owned a land development company in in bc uh and so she kind of became a mentor uh and i would run ideas off her and pepper her with questions every now and then I would meet with her in her office every six months or so and that evolved into uh what's now a business partnership um five years ago is when we actually incorporated the company and uh and started building houses here in edmonton so they've been a great uh, they've been a great group to work with. So I'm, I'm partnered with her and then two other individuals who are also in BC. Um, and uh, they're awesome. They've taught me so much. I've almost ruined it many times. Uh, but they have a lot of grace and understanding. I am thankful for that. Uh, and so I'm still here. And I, I really enjoy working with them and uh, the opportunity to figure things out every day. So that's really fun. And it sounds like it's a, a chance for you to be curious and create. Totally. It's, yeah. you get to steer the ship and you get to pick where it's going and you have to take all the heat that comes with it. Uh, and, uh, and then you can ride, uh, you know, you can, you ride the upswings as well. And, and uh, I, I enjoy that the most. I, uh, I've always looked at life as something I want to give 110% towards and, this role and this job lets me do that. So I don't know if I could see myself doing anything else. That's pretty special. And so like, just to circle back, you did this through high school and then promptly decided 
it wasn't going to be something you did. And so for listeners, there's, there are going to be things that you learn in life, go through life, do in life, and you end up coming full circle. So give yourself permission to change your mind again. Cause he went, Jesse went in and you weren't even sure. You're like, I guess I'll just do this. I guess I'll make some money. And now he can't imagine himself doing anything else. And did that surprise you when you found yourself being like, I guess this is, this is feels good now. I think so, because for a while there was, okay, this is just temporary. This is just what I need. And I really need to figure out what I'm actually going to do. Uh, and there was opportunities along the way to take on a lot more responsibility, work a lot of hours. And I took on a lot and I, I spent years out of town and eventually it kind of evolved into a plan and goal and how I was going to start my own business. And when that formed, I just went after it. So I think, um, I think a, a lot of people who are kind of in college or maybe younger make a mistake of thinking they pick their career and then they get out of college and they, they jump into that dream job. And I don't think that, you know, always that's the way it is. Uh, I mean, it might be, but I think more often than not, you've got a bit of a journey before you get there and you've got to, you've got to create that. You've got to take the initiative and you've got to make it happen. You've got to kind of fight for you to get, to get it to where you want it to be uh and it takes some time it takes some effort and you're gonna have to you know you're gonna have to tough it out through some not so great times i mean i think back to some of the days where i was doing cribbing foundations and it was really cold and my feet were wet and uh you know i i guess i knew at the time i had i had to do that and i had to get through it and it wouldn't be forever and one day I would get to do the thing that I'm doing today. And so that's what I think about a lot too, is I think that I remember feeling like I can't wait till one day I have the job I have and I have that job now, you know, it's like, you know, it's all paid off and uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun. So it feels like a big game of Monopoly, you know, you, you get to choose what you want to do. You get to, you know, it's uh it's a real life, uh, it's a real life board game in a sense. So. I love it. That's amazing. I, I have a question about that. Did you find when you were, when you, when your feet were cold and they were wet and you were doing the cribbing, did you know the role you wanted or were you still in the process of figuring it out? No, I knew I wanted to run my own company. Okay. I know I wanted to build a, a business and, and I wanted to be able to decide what we we're going to do, how we we're going to do it. And, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> You know, I think back to different things that we were going to be doing that we we're going to be the best at and how that's shifted or changed and and how you learn along the way. And, you know, it's all fun. And I I, I really enjoy the part. This happens all the time. I, I really enjoy looking back and going, I remember being frustrated about this particular issue I had to deal with. And I didn't know how to deal with it, hadn't figured it out. And now it's so easy. Like it's almost a natural thing that we do that we deal with. I remember it being so difficult at the time, trying to figure out how we were ever going to overcome that. And some of the challenges that we face right now, I think, okay, well, I'm going to be in a position one day where we look back and I'm going to think about how frustrated I was at the time and how annoyed I was that we couldn't sort something out or maybe it didn't happen in the timeline that I hoped for. Uh, I journal a lot and reading back on those journal entries usually, you know, sparks that, 
and those memories and I, I get pretty excited about the progress. Sometimes it's hard to, um, you know, you forget how far you've come uh, or the things you've learned along the way if you don't stop and take a look and, and, and see how far things have actually progressed, so. Amen. It, there's a lot about what you said that I wanna just circle back on. You don't always know exactly the end or the how that you're going to get there. And so even when we try to learn something new, even from a neurological perspective, the first time we solve a problem, the first time we look at something, it can almost be painful uh, at a psychological like mind brain level. And so in that moment where you don't know the answer on how to fix the power BI or the spreadsheet or get that supplier to do what they need to do. And it, it is like, it feels kind of like crunchy or grindy or like like just things are there's no lubrication between the joints and everything is really sticky at some point that becomes a little bit more easy it just becomes a little bit more easy you get practiced and so giving yourself the grace to learn and what jesse was saying how you know looking back it's like wow i thought like i can't believe i'm on your side and it's natural now it's like kind of like breathing it does get better. It does get easier. You have to be willing to learn. I love that you journal and write things out. For me, that's really helpful to slow my brain down in process mm-hmm. and, and looking back because in the moment when you are in the thick of the nonsense, the thick of the frustration, it can be really hard to imagine that you're ever on the outside of it ever again. And I don't know how many times I've had to be like this. When, when have I not finished a hard thing? When have I not gotten through a hard thing? And a hard thing hasn't killed me yet yet but it's something that I have to be mindful of because it it can feel that painful it can feel that painful so that's pretty fascinating there's something else you said it sounds also like you found a way to enjoy the tough stuff now so looking back and going through all of the hardships you've gone through knowing that there's a future you that's going to look back at the current you and say you figured it out you solved it It's, it's a way of making it more pleasurable in a way that you don't have to you don't have to resist that if there's a struggle, you can just be with it as opposed to being like, it should be easier. It should be on this timeline. And that can be really powerful when you want to move your business forward. Because the person I am when I'm resisting the hard stuff is frustrated, not creative, difficult to work with, impatient, things break. Oh my gosh. Last week I was like, the MacBook got water damaged. The phone got smashed. <laughs> I dropped a can of paint and it was like, okay, it's actually getting comical now because there's so many things that have gone sideways. And I'm like, this is all fixable. This is all reworkable. It's just a matter of me recalibrating. And that journaling for me, I don't know what it does for you, but for me, it gets me to level set and process and slow down a bit. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Is there, are there, what, what, it sounds like it's a habit you've developed. Are there any other habits that you are, that you find are very helpful for you managing yourself? Well, I'm definitely an external processor. So uh, I usually find someone and they've become, whether they choose to or not. Yeah, <laughs> usually it's the journal. Um, but I have I have some groups that I'm part of and they, as well as my partners, they provide, you know, it's good to, to kind of talk things through, get some perspective. Uh, I'm fortunate that my partners are quite a bit older and they've been through a lot of these experiences themselves. And some of the groups I'm in have individuals who are in similar situations as well. And and I find that that's helpful. Um, it, you know, when the business started, there were times where 
I would get frustrated because things hadn't gone as planned. And then I realized that I was just wasting energy. You know, I need to be able to pivot and navigate. And then COVID hit. And then, you know, and then we've got inflation. And then, you know, we've got all these things happening and it's constantly hitting you. And so you just have to be quick and nimble and be able to navigate all these changes coming at you because they're not going anywhere. And, uh, and you know, the sooner you realize that, the better. And you just figure out, okay, well, I'm going to try and seize the opportunities when they're there and, uh, and make the most of them. So, you know, there's definitely times where I will feel uh, overwhelmed and things build up. And then eventually, you know, I'll go back to the journal or, I'll, you know, I'll chat with some people or maybe I'll take a walk. <laughs> Uh, I run a lot. I go to the gym a lot too. And a lot of that is just to give myself a mental break, kind of like pull myself away from what I might be absorbed in at the time and, uh, and just let kind of let the wheels loosely spin and, and, you know, see, see, see what, you know, try and be creative or, or something come, you know, so there's different things uh, I do. And uh, at the end of the day, I enjoy the, uh, I enjoy the challenges. I uh, I guess I don't know if I want to use the word stress because it has a bad rap, but I think I I think I like being under, and I think I need to be under a certain amount of stress to really feel engaged. Mm. Uh, and so, my opinion on stress is that uh, you're stressed because you care, and a stress-free life although maybe people think that sounds really good. I think it sounds like torture because there's nothing that you would care about and you'd kind of be floating through just in the motions. And who really wants that? You know, and let's be honest, like the world comes and it hits you and you got to be able to navigate things like that's life. So you might as well just grab it by the horns and fight back and have fun with it and try to make the most of it instead of trying to resist it all the time. So that's amazing. And I, I'm a person who also benefits from stress and I couldn't, I, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if you have, but I got, I've had some pretty negative feedback of like, you only thrive under stress. And for me, it's, it's giving me a chance to solve something and think differently and fast forward from getting criticized to taking some, I, I end up taking my master's in leadership and one of the books, the worst book I've ever read in my life turns out to be the most useful book. It was just so painful to read. It was so thick and dense. And one of the, the singularly most powerful analogy he gave was creative tension. Or if you, here's where you are, the rubber band is around you. There's another thing with a, where you want to be the problem or something you have to overcome and you want to get past it. And when you stretch that elastic band, what have you done? You've created potential energy, mm -hmm. which can really pull you forward. And so when I started reframing how I saw stress, it really made stress a useful tool and not an enemy. It, stress doesn't have to be an enemy. And if you know how to manage or, or frame it, I wouldn't say manage it because manage it sounds like you're trying to control your levels. I sometimes find stress comical, like the whole everything went wrong last week or things that just go sideways at, at work or during photo shoots or what have you. And instead of flipping out, you just, okay, now what? <laughs> okay, that didn't go as planned. And it, it allows you to stay in a space where you're a little more emotionally and regulated. Specifically, when I say emotionally regulated, I really do mean your nervous system isn't losing its mind. Because mm -hmm. if you're losing your mind in your nervous system, 
you are spiking your cortisol. Your brain is looking for danger rather than possibility. And you shoot yourself in the foot. And I'm interested in getting great results and not uh, ones that are just haphazard band-aids over a bullet wound. Personally, mm-hmm. personally. So you enjoy the tough stuff. I want to hear about some of the tough stuff that you came out the other side of and were defining moments for you. All right. Well, uh, starting the business, I moved to Edmonton. Um, I had never worked in residential construction before uh, and building a house was completely new. So, uh, but I took it on as uh, we're going to be this home builder here in Edmonton. And there was a lot of learning that first year. Um, We only built two houses and that to date, I think has been the toughest year yet because I didn't know anybody and I didn't know, I mean, I knew how walls went together and things like that, but, um there was just from the ground up everything was new everything um and i remember just putting things down all the time stopping and taking a walk all the time and just going i don't know what i'm supposed to do i mean i guess i'm supposed to know this and i'm gonna have to just figure it out and it felt like that went on for day after day and i had a day i have a day planner that i bring with me everywhere and nowadays it You know, there's notes that go in there every day, little things here and there. But uh, that first year, there was pages and pages, pages of information every day. Uh, Things that I thought I might need or I wasn't sure if I needed, but I didn't want to risk not having. Uh, And that was, yeah, that was a big challenge for sure. And I think it just took a lot of like, hey, just get up, show up, get up, show up. And then let's just figure this out as we go along. you know, I think the next big challenge was probably when COVID hit. Uh, everyone was trying to figure out what was going on. The real estate market just completely froze. Um, and yeah, we just, I, at some point, you just take things day by day. Um, and uh, like I mentioned earlier, I, I guess I can't really imagine doing something else anyways, right? Like, you know, I'm thinking, well, what else would I be doing? I'm like, this is this is what I like to do. I, I want to be able to try and navigate these challenges and figure it out. And so those have certainly been massive. Um, yeah, I, I feel like those have been some of the largest things that we've had to deal with. Um, yeah, I, I mean back to your your comments on stress and that i think in those situations i ask myself why a lot like you know why do i feel this way why am i feeling like this in this particular situation and try to understand and assess or i'll even journal about why i feel a certain way and then by the time i'm done writing about i realize how silly it is or maybe the feeling's gone or maybe it's still there and i've just been able to try and frame it differently or maybe I didn't successfully that time and I needed a couple of weeks before I realized that it was something else or someone who was older and wiser or just wiser to, to reframe it for me. So um, I think just trying to keep asking questions like that has really helped uh, navigate the challenges. And I mean, you always end up finding a way really, I guess. So <laughs> Like you mentioned, you know, we're not dead yet, so. I've survived every hard day so far. So far, yeah. So, I mean, 
there were there were a few times it was questionable, but we got through. We are here. Blood is still pumping through my veins. What energizes you the most about what you do? Um, I really like working with the people and building the team. Um, I really enjoyed that side of it. You know, getting the customers into a home, seeing them with their families move in to something that you created uh, from, you know, from the ground up. It was just a piece of dirt and they're now living in it. They're having kids. They're, you know, the dogs in there and they're taking their dog for walks and they're playing with their kids in the park and, and they're building their life inside of something that you created. You know, it's fun. That's exciting. You can be part of building a community, a neighborhood. Um, and then at the same time, you know, you're, you, you're able to add value around you with the, the trades you're working with and the suppliers and the consultants. And, and uh, yeah, there's so many different pieces to the, to the whole machine and, uh, and being able to, you know, contribute in lots of different ways, I think is what makes it exciting and fun and, and, uh, and fulfilling for me. I think it's what really energizes me. Um, yeah. That's so fun. I think to make it not about housing for a sec, for anyone who's listening out there that doesn't build houses, when you create space where people can grow, learn, thrive and become like make memories, become better versions of themselves. The, those containers are really important. So whether you're a nurse and you're creating that safe container inside of that hospital room or you're, I don't know, maybe you're a teacher and you're building that class or you're building that community, that sense of class uh, in that classroom, there is space for all of it. So much like what Jesse's doing here, this is applicable to virtually every area of life because you're just creating space for something to live, grow and thrive, which is awesome. And this isn't the only place to make a contribution or difference. I can remember, so Jesse and I met, I don't know, four or five years ago, maybe something yeah, like that. Probably. And I actually didn't know who you were. And you showed up one day to one of our outdoor workouts when we were running stairs. I was <laughs> like, who's this guy? I was like, welcome. Hi. Uh, so my first interaction with Jesse was in athlete mode. So I had no idea. And at the time you were still this young pup sweet pup and you had your own business and I was like this guy what is he, what is he going up with going like up against the world like that's bold and then I attributed it to you being younger and having a sense of invincibility <laughs> I was like good for him that's incredible but then you invited me to come and help you build a house in Mexico so I want to hear like you guys you're his heart is so nice. So tell us about Mexico Home Builders. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, that's right. And it's a super original name. We wanted to make sure that no one had any confusion as to what it was that we did. So we <laughs> literally build houses. To, we literally go to Mexico and <laughs> build houses. Uh, and it's a group that my friend and I started. Uh, and the idea came to be because we went on a trip to Mexico in high school to it was a humanitarian type trip uh and we went and built this house and it was it was through an organization and it was so much fun I can't say the house was uh amazing uh we were all in high school and there was a lot of learnings that went on but it was an awesome experience and it was considerably better 
than the living conditions that the family had at the time. And uh, out of high school, I thought, you know, that would be really fun. I'd like to do that again. I thought, well, I can't go back to high school. So I guess I'll just have to figure out how to make this happen. So I went Googled uh, home building, Mexico, things like that. And the first, the first organization that came up was Amor. Uh, and obviously starts with an A. So I called them up. And I said, what do I need to do to get to Mexico and build this house? And they kind of explained everything, how it would all be, you know, we would need to fundraise the money, get ourselves down there, get the team and all these things together. And uh, so I called a few friends and I said, hey, I'm going to do this. You want to come? And uh, so our original crew had six people. Uh, We were going into Tijuana. Uh, I had some of their parents a little concerned. We were like... uh, you know, still pretty fresh out of high school at the time. I had a friend who let me borrow a van and we drove from Kelowna to Tijuana. Oh uh, we drove God. straight. We left Friday night and we were arrived on, uh, we arrived on Sunday night and off to work Monday morning. It was an absolute whirlwind. And the whole trip was just, I don't know what the next step is. Uh, we're just going to do this and we're going to figure it out as we go. And we built this house in like record time. And it's, it was a lot of fun because you met the family uh, and, you know, we had such a good group. The road trip was fun. Uh, the whole thing was a new experience, especially driving in Mexico, especially that city as well. Uh, you know, and, and just a new experience and just unknown completely the whole time, right? Managed to fundraise the money, get it all together. And of course, it was a huge success. Uh, and, and I thought, well, we're gonna do it again. So the next year we actually doubled the size of the team, brought down two vans, drove again, um, met some people down there who weren't so keen on, on driving and and flew to meet us in San Diego. And we made it all happen again. And, uh, super fun trip, you know, and, uh, I've always liked doing that. Um, it, it allows us to use the skills that we have here. You know, we build houses in Edmonton, uh, and I would like to be involved at some point doing something similar to what we've done in Mexico in Edmonton. Mexico, even though it's further away, is a little easier to get an entire house built. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, there's skills that we have. There's people who are eager to do it. You've just got to pull it together, and it, it makes such a big difference for these people down there. They they're usually, you know, single moms. They've got a bunch of kids. We don't know where dad is. They're barely making it. And there's really no way for them to uh, get ahead. You can't, you know, you make a few dollars a day. You're never going to save up for land or one of your kids breaks their leg or gets an infection or something. And there goes five years worth of saving. So it's impossible. And then we come in and we kind of get this whole thing going. So it's obviously life changing for them. Uh, and a week for us. Uh, but I would admit it's, you know, it's kind of life changing for us as well at the same time, you know, as much as you're giving to them, it, uh, it's, it's something you take a lot away from as well. And, and the trip's always been so much fun. Uh, it's a bit of an emotional experience building the home and, and giving it to the family at the end. Uh, I love it. So we've done four trips now. Uh, we've had, we haven't been able to do them recently. COVID was a little tough. Uh, one of the guys I planned the trip with, 
he got married then he had his first son uh and so there was some you know complications along the way but we're definitely planning one and i was i was just reaching out to the organization the other day teeing up our next trip here so stay tuned because probably going to be some point in the next year we'll that'll be, going be a down lot of fun again that'll be a lot of fun i what i i mean i noticed you say it and i say it a lot too is the word fun so a lot of what you pick is something you enjoy and 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 it's not like type one fun where in the moment it's necessarily fun all the time. Type two fun where it's, you have you're like, wow, I'm so glad I did that. That was a great time. I would do it again. And for listeners, fun can really drive your ability to stay in the game. I don't know if anyone else finds that true. It looks like Jesse has <laughs> done that basically in every area of his life. And if you aren't watching and you are only listening i highly recommend watching because jesse's face just lights up when he talks about this and so this is a if you want a clue into what drives you what you what your purpose is what your calling is what's put up been put on your heart talk about something like what have people watch you when you talk about the things you care about or when you have asked people when do you notice that I come alive because Jesse this entire time whenever he talks about making a difference or contributing it's like like he comes alive with this home building experience wow we did this in Mexico I had no idea what I'm doing he just took the next step and the next step and the next step so when you discover what it is that lights you up uh, and it can seem impossible (laughs) there's some pretty there's some I'm sure red tape obstacles You, you have to find resources time money people a method of transportation how do we actually do this legally? All of those things. It was just one step at a time. And much like your previous examples with anything that went wrong uh, with your, whether it was when you first started your business and that for the first two houses you built, or even through uh, the pandemic, it's just one step at a time and it's figure outable. It's figure outable. It's, it's a, it's a level of tenacity that is required. And it doesn't have to be tenacious in your face, aggressive. It can just be, okay, now what? Okay, now what? And what I also noticed in your speaking is that you got curious all the time. You asked questions, you made phone calls, you t- you find resources, you find people that can support, help, or answer your questions and assume that there's someone with the answer. If you don't have the answer, there is someone that does and they will surely find it for you. And people love helping people. They love helping totally. people. People love-, love it. I have so many questions and I always find people who want to help me answer them. Always. It's so fun. <laughs> I love it. I, oh, Jesse, this, I'm really enjoying this conversation. Okay. So Jesse, inside of his primary world, which is building houses and doing all the work, what is Jesse like outside of that world? What do you, what do you do? What are you up to? Oh, uh, well, I mentioned I run a bit and um, I'm quite competitive. So I have to be cautious around what I pick up because I end up turning it into you know, I end up going a little bit too far with some of these things. Uh, I used to dirt bike and ski a lot. And, uh, and of course, I still love those things. Um, and I'd like to get back into them again. But there was this period there where I had to, to tone it down a little because you, you end up in the hospital a lot when you, when you ride dirt bikes a certain way. And, and that's not always the best thing when, uh, when you're trying to, you know, build a career and uh, be somewhat reliable. Um, but gosh, what I like to do. So I like to hike. Uh, I like to go and, uh, you know, conquer a mountain or something like that. Uh, 
uh, I did Mount Edith in Banff over uh, over Thanksgiving, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was probably one of the biggest hikes I've done, I think, or 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 steepest, and I really enjoyed it. It was a challenge. Uh, I went with some pretty experienced individuals who were a lot faster, and I thought I was in good shape, but not compared to them. Uh, I like to travel a bit. Uh, I've got siblings all over the place, uh, France and Nashville, and then one here in Edmonton. So some great places to visit. Originally from New Zealand, so I uh, I do have connections down there, and I'm actually planning a trip back there over Christmas, first time in a while. So That's we amazing. get to see see some friends again. Um, but I like to, yeah, I like to explore. Going on vacation with me is not relaxing at all. Um, it's uh, it's yeah, I I usually sleep less on vacation than I do here, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I. I like to give every day everything it's got, you know, I want, I want to hit the pillow at the end of the night and just feel exhausted, you know, like I just didn't have anything left for that day. Uh, and, you know, not every single day is like that. And there needs to be days where you tone it down. But for the most part, I really feel like I exhaust what I can from, uh, from the day. So I, yeah, I, that's, I guess what I'm a bit, bit more like uh, outside of things you may know a little bit of that from the stair running experiences <laughs> this guy had the okay so there's these stairs in the Edmonton River Valley and they are by far the steepest rise run that we have and they are also the most consistent rise run a lot of other stairs change there I've heard that actually I yeah and so the I picked them because my <laughs> My brain understands the stairs. If you change your rise run, I'm tripping and I'm embarrassing myself. So I'm not picking those stairs. So Jesse starts coming. This is again, how I meet the guy. And he has a timer. Like when you said you were competitive, I was like, oh, I remember those rocks <laughs> and how you hit your lap. And what I will say, the other thing I really noticed about you is your willingness to see another perspective. Like, let me be clear, Jesse will kick my butt on stairs every single day of the week. This guy is a machine. But I remember watching him and he had this goal of finishing 10 sets of stairs in 30 minutes. And I am a gentle observer of life. I just, oh, actually, no, I just watch people all the time. It's a, it's a thing I do. And I'm like, huh. And I can remember noticing just like a couple things that I was like, I bet if he did this, it he would get those 10 sets in 30 minutes. And me, so this is, this is where it's so interesting where they're like, oh, always ask someone who's gone before you. I'm like, or ask a great observer because you did those three things. And the next Saturday you hit your goal of uh, 10 sets in 30 minutes. And I was like, wow, you know, those were, I thought they might be good news, but it was really a shot in the dark because I'm not an athlete. <laughs> what yeah, do I, know? I remember that actually. I was so proud of you. <laughs> I was like, this guy's incredible. It's, you know, it's interesting because you know, you're competitive and I lie to people. I just say I'm not. And I've recently discovered that's, that's, it's just bigger of a lie than I thought it was. And I also have to rein it in because I keep trying when I'm hurt. I'm like, you need to <laughs> slow down. Yeah. Like it would have been different if I was like 12, 18, but after a certain point, you just don't heal the same as you used to, or as quickly, maybe. Or maybe yeah, it's tough to admit, you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to admit to that. You want to, no. I feel like I'm 21. And, and so I, therefore I think I should, I should, you know, heal and bounce back like I'm 21. 
It does mean though that I, I like now that I know that about myself, like that I don't bounce back. I also do the things that support the bounce back. I'm like, magnesium is a really nice supplement to prevent muscle aches. I will take that. I will take that. That's so, I, yeah, I, oof. you blew those stairs just out of the water. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. You did a couple of other fun things. I think one of the other things you're really great at is bringing people together. I remember you were sharing uh, when we went on our random hike one year, a few years ago, that you just, every year you were organizing this bus trip. Was it in Kelowna? Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. The Enderby Canal. So this guy goes out and organizes fun things. So uh, I'll, I'll have you tell the story, but before I, before I let you do that, this is to preface it. If you want to do something fun or something you want to have happen in your life and it's not happening, do something about it and create it. So tell us about this little, I, about your adventure on this Enderby, Enderby Canal, is that what you said? The Enderby Canal, that's right. I, uh, at one point in my life, want to become a firefighter. It was during this phase of experiment you know, experimenting and trying to figure out what career I wanted to do. Firefighter sounded fun. So I was- <laughs> Okay, hold I, on. Was it, did it sound fun? It did sound fun. It sounded fun. Okay, just It checking. sounded fun. And I think that's the entire reason I even considered it. Um, and so to become a firefighter, you needed a class three license. And I thought, well, if I'm doing my class three, I might as well just get my class one, which means you can drive a semi-truck or an ambulance, pretty much everything except for a motorcycle. I have never, ever used my class one for anything other than driving a bus to the Enderby Canal. <laughs> um, I've got a good friend in Vernon who owns about 100 buses and he rents them out all the time uh, for music festivals and things like that. And, and, it, and for a few years, every once in a while, when I was in town, I would help him out in, uh, when he was short staff. It's tough to find bus drivers when you need 30 of them so i would i would jump in and help them out here and there and i thought hey you know what i should get one of these buses fill it with a whole bunch of friends and then drive it up to enderby and float down the canal and drive it all the way back home that would be so much fun let's do that every year so i called trevor and we figured out the bus and then i called a bunch of friends and i made them all commit to inviting at least two friends and uh we made it happen uh, and it just became this annual Enderby bus canal float. And every single time we do it, the weather's been amazing. And at least half the people come up to me and they go, that was probably one of the best days of the summer. It's just fun. It's like you're in middle school on a field trip again. And you all pile into this big school bus and off we go. Except we don't really have any rules because we're not in middle school. <laughs> so it's just a lot of fun. Oh my um, but, gosh. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things. It's it was an idea, and I thought, why not? Let's just try it. Worst case, I rent this bus and no one comes. Uh, and I'll just give it back. <laughs> but and it all shook out. Look at that. And so leadership in your leadership in your personal life. And how blessed and favored are you that the weather always panned out? That's yeah. literally statistically improbable. It's statistically improbable. Okay, to shift back into now that you made me think about leadership things. Okay, so you, Mexico home builders, Enderby annual canal trip, owning your own business, finding mentors. I'm so curious. You said that you like leadership and you yes. want to get better at it. Like, and so what, what steps do you take to get incrementally better as a leader? Uh, 
I read a lot of books. Um, I ask lots of questions and I find people who have gone places that I want to go and I try to talk to them. And if I can't, then I'll read a book that they wrote. <laughs> uh, I'm a very curious person, very curious. And I need to always be learning something or figuring something out or gaining a deeper understanding of something. And so I think it naturally just is the way I end up going about things. If it's not continuously improving, then I'm frustrated. And it needs to be. It needs to be moving. And I think I've burnt myself sometimes because of that. But more often than not, it uh, it creates opportunities. So It really does. Constant and never-ending improvement. If you want to feel satisfied as a person, one of the greatest routes to satisfaction is to witness progress. It's just a thing. And so with even when you were talking earlier about journaling and looking back, and you see the progress, there's a sense of satisfaction Totally. And, and finding those incremental steps. So there's, and I don't know if I always agree with this phrase, but there's a phrase that says, if you don't man, if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. And I more think if you don't measure it, whether it's quantitative or qualitative, there's no understanding of where the needle has moved. Like I look at some of the goals I used to have and the things I thought I wanted to be, and I pursued them. And it actually led me into a whole new trajectory that I wasn't expecting. And you could say I failed at that goal because I didn't fully realize that particular thing, but it led me into an entirely new direction and seeing yeah. that progress changed my life. I was like, I could have been mad. I could have been mad that I wasn't the X, Y, Z of ABC. I could have been mad. I really, I really thought for a long while there, I was going to do neuropathology. Oh, wow. Yeah. Love neuroscience, love the brain. Uh, and I wanted to do it with kids because I'm like neuroplasticity is insane. These kids can totally get better. Someone just has to believe in them and show them the path. And that uh, turns out that will break your heart. Uh, and I wasn't prepared. So I was like, okay, so did all that neuroscience, write papers, blah, 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 thesis, yada, yada. And it turns out that led me down an entire different path. And people were like, well, do you even use your degree? I'm like every single day. And although I'm not what I thought I was going to be, at that particular point in my life, it's, it turned out so much better than expected. And, and I would have never picked for me what I'm doing now. I wouldn't have never told you I'd be on, I'd have a podcast. I would have never told you I run a department. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have painted this picture for me, but I think sometimes it's like, say yes to the possibility, say yes to the opportunity. And it sounds like that's a lot of what you did too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say something I struggle with is getting bogged down in the process sometimes and zeroing in on there. I'm a, I'm a pretty structured person. And if it goes unchecked, uh, that can certainly be a negative thing. Um, you know, you're, you're so busy with your head down that you miss things that are more important or should be a priority, keeping your head up. Mm -hmm. so in that world is what how would you describe that as in a in a another question i want to ask how do you want to grow as a leader so lifting your head sounds like some of it how else do you want to grow as a leader uh i've always wanted to i think becoming a better listener is always something that's top of the list uh, empathy i'm quite introverted actually uh 
I really enjoy being around people, but it doesn't, it doesn't recharge me uh, without making that sound negative. It, it's something that I'll, I'll need to break away to recharge my batteries. So uh, I think being able to, yeah, you know, just be, being present, being, yeah, and being more understanding. Um, I've, yeah, I've learned a lot about managing people and teams and such through COVID here and, and as we built our team and and uh, people have come and gone. And and uh, I think some of the, the faults I've made in the past is, uh, and it's hard because, you know, you want people to work in a place where they're going to enjoy, they're going to thrive. But not everyone's always a good fit. Uh, and it doesn't work out that way. And there's nothing you can do about it. And that's fine. They might not fit your values, which is fine. And, uh, you know, they may not enjoy the work environment the same way you do. And somewhere else is a better fit for them. And you're kind of wasting your time uh, keeping them there or having them stay, right? So um, it's tough because it can involve some difficult conversations or maybe, uh, you know, and just in the misalignment there. And I think maybe just the, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of learnings there and, uh, and, but it's been good and it just helps you become a better leader for your team or just in life in general. Um, you know, I would say the challenges and things that we deal with on a day to day at work, certainly I feel have made, allowed me to become a better person. Uh, you know, more well-rounded, more understanding uh, things that are I'm going to be able to use and leverage in the future. So, excellent. So, what would you say is your favorite characteristic about you? Favorite characteristic about me? Ooh, uh, I'm very tenacious. I missed that. <laughs> Didn't pick up on that one. You're very tenacious. And what would you say your least favorite characteristic about you is? Least favorite characteristic about me. Hmm. I think I need, um, I think I look for affirmation more than more than I would like sometimes. Uh, it might not always be from the correct sources and I need to check that too. Uh, and I think that just comes with maybe maybe a, a sense of, you know, there might be areas where there just isn't a maturity level that I need to be at or, or something like that, so. Totally fair. And if you were, okay, so we know you're tenacious. And we know you have that other area you want to work on. If you were to say, if someone was to describe like Jesse's superpower is, well, how, what would they say? My superpower. Your superpower. Uh, I bounce back. I just keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a cockroach. <laughs> I know. Like you thought you squashed me, but I had one leg that was still good. And I came crawling back. Apocalypse? What apocalypse? That is so funny. Okay, we're going to rewind a little bit more because I want to know what brought you to Canada. Mm, wow. Okay, uh, well, I didn't have much choice in the matter because I was 12. 
That would uh, make you a minor. That's right. So I was going wherever my parents decided to move. And they moved because we lived in a town in New Zealand. It was called Queenstown. Well, it still is called Queenstown and is very much still there. Uh, it, uh, it's like Whistler or Banff. So really fun place to grow up. Lots going on. Bungee jumping, jet boating, skiing, uh, skydiving, all those extreme sports you could think of happened in this town. Uh, not a lot outside of tourism, though. And my mom has always been a huge advocate for educational opportunities for kids. Uh, and the town we lived in didn't have a lot to offer. So moving was going to happen. It was going to happen for sure. And uh, so in, it was either going to be in New Zealand, somewhere else, uh, Australia, uh, right next door, which when you're from New Zealand, you can hop over to Australia without much, uh, without much in terms of visas and things like that, from what I understand. Uh, or it was, was going to be in Canada. My mom's Canadian, so we all got a free walk-in except for my dad basically and and so the option was there and canada was chosen um uh, my parents picked Kelowna, bc where none of us had been before uh and so my parents sold their business at the time they had an art gallery that was kind of a part-time gig and uh my dad quit his job in the police 26 years of service and uh we sold everything that had a electrical outlet um and uh and a bunch of other stuff put it all in a shipping container put it in a boat or in a truck that went into a boat uh and uh and then off we went it was a big deal you know it was like we're saying goodbye to all the friends i didn't want to move at the time i had some good buddies uh it was a really pivotal change for me you know you're leaving everything that you have known the comfort your friends you know you were one of the people that want people wanted on your team during lunch uh for baseball or soccer or whatever you happen to be playing and uh we moved to another country i think you know it gave me a feel for what it would be like people moving from uh other countries to canada just for the opportunity except we have the same language so thank goodness for that because I couldn't even imagine if you didn't know English, uh, what that would be like. But it was tough. And um, and so, yeah, we moved over and it was like, all right. We showed up in Vancouver, rented a van and drove to this place called Kelowna that had a lot of sunshine. And uh, we camped for the first two weeks. We lived in dorms because it was summer. And they had some accommodation available for another two weeks. And my parents bought a house after that. They had no jobs lined up. And uh, dad decided to start picking apples because he needed something to do. Uh, my dad talks a lot. And so he didn't make more than about $4 an hour. Uh, and uh, yeah, we just started a new life there. And I think it was probably a full year before I felt comfortable. And I felt, um, yeah, comfortable. You know, you had some friends, you had, you know, you, 
you were you were settled in this was a new way of life and thank goodness i have a really great family environment uh, because if that, if that wasn't there i think it would have been pretty difficult uh to navigate the change that we all went through as kids uh especially at that age uh, but that that essentially was the primary reason and it wasn't really until a few years later we went back for our first visit uh and i saw the town we lived in and uh and at the time you know a lot of people hadn't really moved on it changed much and i remember thinking i'm glad we moved you know i would have still been here i would still been doing these things and I don't really want to be doing that. Uh, and so as tough as it was, it was it was a really good move. And I think our whole family has been very independent. Uh, my sister moved to France by herself um, and just made it happen. Um, my brother now in the States. And we've all been very comfortable with new experiences. And I think a lot of that is credit to my parents because of, what they did for us when we were growing up and how we moved you know halfway across the world in search of a better opportunity for for you know for all of us kids so i uh definitely take my hat off for my mom and dad on that one you know they they knew what needed to happen and they just did it so it sounds like they shaped you a lot <laughs> Yeah, I think they did for all us kids. So we're all pretty adventurous uh, and, yeah, independent, I should say. So, And I also think it sounds like all of you have intestinal fortitude. You're willing to take risks. You're willing to go into the unknown and be bold and make brave choices. Yeah. Excellent. That is fascinating. Okay. To circle back to your professional life, if you, uh, for people who are listening and they're like, oh my gosh look what Jesse's done. How do I even like, where do I begin? What do I need to know? Is that, what do you have for advice for them? Oh, you just got to start. You'll never figure it out. I mean, I, I think, you know, I'll get caught up in that a lot. Okay. Well, I got to figure this out first, but you just, you never end up having all the pieces anyway. You just have to do it. And there's been a lot of times where I've looked back and I thought, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Oh, I'm still employable, you know? And then that's that, you know, I, I could become a carpenter again, I guess, you know, I was a hardworking carpenter and I'm sure someone would want to hire me if it all, you know, if it all went to shit. So it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, you gotta you gotta jump out there and just and just give it a shot. And it's probably not gonna happen the first time. And you know, I look back at the path of my career and all the things that have happened along the way, and it's not a straight line at all. Um, it's just a buckle up and hang on. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? If you would have known that you were here today. What would 20-year-old you have said? Oh, he'd be so excited. He'd be so excited. Oh, yeah, he'd be excited. Because 20-year-old Jesse was kind of unsure. I was like, wow, these careers don't look very fun. I just want to ride my dirt bike. But that doesn't seem to be working out. And it's also not paying the bills. And uh, I would be really excited about how I had found something that was exhilarating as riding a dirt bike. And I'd made a career out of it. Amazing. And what are you most proud of? Most proud of? Um, 
I'm, I'm very close with all of my siblings. I have an amazing relationship with all my family members. Um, I'm really proud of that. Uh, I'm really proud of the friendships that I have. <clears throat> um, I'm the type of person that some of my best friends still live in New Zealand and you know, the distance doesn't really matter. So I'm definitely proud of that. Uh, obviously the business and the things I've learned along the way and the relationships that I've made, uh, I'm proud of those as well. So. That's awesome. I think it's something to be admired. It, not many people can say that their biggest flex and their thing they're most proud of is their family. And I, I, much like you, I have an incredible relationship with my sisters and I, I get excited about family events. Like we're getting together. How, how early can I come? And I, I love it. And so to enjoy that and to have it, even as you, as you said, when you moved across the ocean, you had this beautiful family unit that you were close with that helped you adjust in that first year. That is special. That's pretty special. Yeah. Amazing. We're all very, yeah, we are all very close. It's, uh, you know, when I think about each one of my siblings or even my parents, it's uh, each one is unique and special in its own way, but we have our own, you know, our, our own uh, special blend, I guess. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say my sisters and I are so vastly different and yet so very much the same that, that those bonds are pretty special and pretty unique. And I mean... I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like I wouldn't trade it for the world. And it's comforting yeah. and exciting to hear you say that distance hasn't like distance didn't make that much of an impact. Like you still have those friends from New Zealand and you still have a great relationship with your brother in Nashville and your sister in France. And I think I, for me personally, one of my fears is taking the leap and moving elsewhere and not being in close proximity to my family. Like I love knowing that tonight I'm like, Hey sister, what are you doing? Want to go have dinner? I love that. I love that. We, especially that she has young kids. So it's giving me a little more courage to consider that it's a possibility that I don't have to stay where I am just because the people I love are here. So that's pretty powerful. So thank you. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Inspiring me. I appreciate it. Oh, well, Mr. Willemaker, uh, if you were to leave the audience with anything that you must, that you must share, that you want to impart on the people, what would you like to share? Oh, what would I like to share? Uh, I think, yeah, I think you need to, uh, you know, if you're sitting on the fence about something, give it a go. You know, you've only got, you know, X amount of years uh, on this planet uh, that you get a, a shot at something. It's, you know, don't wait. Take it. Take a shot at it. Try to make it happen. If it doesn't work, you know, you've always, uh, as long as you're employable, <laughs> you're, you've always got something to go back to. I, I you know, that. I, I love to take risks. It's in my nature and I get that's not, you know, that's not the case for everyone. And I also have the ability to do those things as well. I don't, you know, I don't have dependents that rely on, uh, you know, on the security that those things bring, but, but that doesn't necessarily mean it, uh, you know, my parents were the same. 
they left everything and off we went. Uh, and there was totally unknowns. Like we didn't know anybody. So take those chances and don't wait. You know, you gotta, you gotta make things happen. So that's what I would impart on the audience make things happen, get up, show up. And you know what? I will say, maybe this is where that dirt biking came in with your willingness to take risks. Cause that is a, that's a risky sport. That is a it dangerous is. sport. Uh, but yeah, the, like the, what's the worst that could happen and recognize having that perspective being like, Oh, I just start again. Stop making it mean something. And I think a lot more people can create the magic you've been able to create in your life. I would agree. Amazing. Can you believe it's been over an hour? Wow. Well done. Well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, you guys need to check out Jesse's work. If you have interest in joining Mexico Home Builders, it literally means exactly what it says. There's ways of finding and getting a hold of Jesse uh, to be a part of the beautiful things that he's creating in life. Jesse, where can people find you? We are on pretty much all social media platforms mexico home, home builders on instagram uh if you search it on youtube actually you'll see some video blogs of some of the previous trips which i'm sure you'll enjoy and it will give you a very candid uh view of what it's like to be a part of the trips uh they're also quite uh amusing to watch at least i hope so um and then, yeah, with the with the business, it, again, we're uh, LinkedIn, social media, Facebook, Instagram, all those platforms. So we're out there. It doesn't take a lot to find us, Troy West Builders or Mexico Home Builders or just uh, my name in general. I'm sure if you pop it into Google, all those options are going to come up. So Amazing. And for those of you who don't know how to spell Troy West Builders, it's T-R-O-I West Builders. And that you, you'll be able to find the man, the myth, the legend himself, Jesse. That's right. Oh. Give me a call. Amazing. Uh, and I mean, there's stuff to be learned by this guy. Also, if you follow him, he sometimes puts up adventure videos with his creative editing with his GoPro. I always <laughs> find those entertaining. I love watching them and I look forward to them. Well, thank you again so much for joining me today. I know it took some time out of the middle of your day and I am very grateful that you joined me on the Be Better podcast. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me. If this podcast has landed with you, served you, provided value, please let us know. Give us a like, subscribe, share it with a friend that you know it will make a difference for. We are here to be a contribution and a service to others. We cannot wait to see you next time. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care.